Welcome to the eighth episode, the Ocho of the Bleed Hockey Podcast from Easy Hockey Reviews. Um, Safe to say a lot of bold bold strategies were made in this uh, episode. Um, Not necessarily by me, by those in the subject matter of this episode. Um, without further ado, let's hashtag dive right in as I go and find my notes. Uh, first off, I uh, reported last, uh, episode, um, that I can't remember, I already can't remember what goaltender was going to replace Tuka Rask, um, in the, um, all-star game it's in the it's in the last episode so if you want to find that out just go in the last episode i can't i honestly can't remember who i said was replacing tukarask in the all-star game but um turns out tukarask has suffered his third concussion of his career um which is probably a good reason why he's not going to be in the uh, all-star game uh this season um which is a shame to see um as you know, CTE and um, uh, head injuries in general are a serious matter and not to be, uh, um, not to um, be taken lightly in any means. Um, but yeah, if I can. F- find who is taking his place i will most certainly mention it but um i'm not gonna try to wait too long to uh mention who's taking his spot but um in other news um speaking of people who are replacing people on the all-star game uh, since darcy kemper is currently injured at this time uh, it's been named that Calgary Flames goaltender David Riddick is replacing Darcy Kemper at the All-Star Game, which, um, as I'm currently still looking t- to see who is taking um, Rask's place in the uh, All-Star Game. Um, still can't find it, um, but I will find it. Believe you me, I will find it. Because I, 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 I know who, I know, I know that they had a, Ras- Vasilevsky was, uh, who's going to take his spot. Uh, but, uh, David Grinick will be taking Kemper's spot at the All-Star game, which with that case, um, Ana- uh, the Anaheim Ducks as Max Pacioretty is taking over, uh, Jacob, uh, Silverberg's spot, uh, as he's also injured as well. Uh, there'll be no Anaheim Ducks nor Arizona Coyotes in the All-Star game this year, which is a shame to see. Everyone should at least have one representative, but I guess they just didn't have anybody that's worthy enough to be in the All-Star game other than those players that were initially uh, uh, put in in the first place. But, you know, uh, circumstances. Um, but to turn into a positive note, um something that I just came across uh, while I was also watching the Flyers versus Blues game, which will break down uh, toward the tail end of this episode. Um, the Arizona Coyotes have something that might 
entice people uh, to show up to games if they aren't already enticed by the play of the Arizona Coyotes so far as they currently lead the Pacific Division uh, in first place. Um, they have this thing called a Hall Pass, which it kind of makes sense uh, for them to name it that as they have Taylor Hall on their team and they actually, in the ad that I looked at, that actually had him in that. Uh, it would make sense. Um, which for $59 a month, uh, during the regular season, you can go to as many Coyotes home games as you want. And from the research that I gathered, apparently it's only standing standing room only, which would make sense. Um, I, I would, if the Blues were to do that kind of deal, I would absolutely not even question that deal at all. Especially if you just go to a, a parking meter that... You only have to pay till a six o'clock and then it's free after that. Oh God. Yeah. Why wouldn't you take that deal? And also what is, what would make that kind of a steal, honestly, is you pay $59 a month, right? Uh, cheap seats for like a contender team, right? It's like about 30 or $40 for a game, right? Um, and $59, it's $59 pipe and it's pipe before taxes after taxes, probably like almost 70 bucks. But even then, if you think about it, that's for a month of stand, uh, from what I understand, standing, standing room only. And, um, from what I have, I've gathered from my, uh, um, investigation on this little, uh, great deal that the coyotes are giving you. Um, if you're a Coyotes fan or if you're um, not necessarily a Coyotes fan, but you live in the Arizona Coyotes' area and you want to take up that uh, that deal, go on and do it. Because uh, apparently you can even you can even uh, take advantage of seat upgrades as well. So as long as you're in the building, you can take up those seat upgrades and you pay the 50 or 100 like 50 dollars or 100 dollars it takes to get you to where you re are like right on ringside and you do that maybe like once a month it, not even that like that's virtually how much you'd pay for a content like a contender like a chicago like well back when chicago was a contender or pittsburgh penguins uh, upper bowl seats, uh, good upper bowl seats or blues upper bowl seats, uh, depending on the uh, team you're versing for one game. That's a good deal. That is a damn steal. Like, I I would hope that I mean the um, I know this is a hockey podcast, but uh, St. Louis Cardinals uh, and baseball, um, Major League Baseball. They do uh, this thing called the Budweiser uh, Pass or, yeah, the, the Budweiser Ballpark Pass um, where for $30 a month you go to as many uh, regular season games as you want. Um, from what I understand, you can uh, you could go for a home opener with that as well, but I'm not too sure because I didn't see uh, any asterisks saying that you can't do that. Um, but in the Cardinals' case, uh, you can go to every single home game as long as it's not regular season. Uh, or it's in the regular season. Uh, you just can't go to the home opener. Um, but that's a pretty good deal for $30 a month. Go as many uh, games as you want. You get 82, like, I think it's 81 home games you get. Um, 
So that's a really good deal. And uh, especially the home, the standing room only uh, areas and that, um, which I'd suspect in a, in a hockey arena, standing room only areas, I mean, it's not too bad. And it's honestly better than nosebleeds, honestly. Um, at least the standing room only is in the uh, Enterprise Center, which where the Blues play, which is the only, uh, well, I can't say it's the only hockey NHL arena I've been to to see a, a game because I also saw, uh, I've seen two NHL games uh, at the American Airlines Center, which is where the uh, Dallas Stars play, and um, which is a pretty uh, decent venue to be at as well. Um, but regardless, I, I'd like to see this kind of trend um, with other NHL franchises uh, come in the future because I if if you're trying to sell tickets, that's how you, uh, that's how you can really get people in. And even if it's standing room only, it's fine. It, it's honestly fine. Like, and even if you were to like get away from the whole selling per uh, ticket per game model, and even though yes, you could have season tickets, um, but you want to you want to kind of have the season ticket treatment. Not necessarily like the perks that you get, but at the very least, you want to go to as many games as what a season ticket holder can, but you also want to have a seat. You could have like tier options and stuff like that. And honestly, I kind of could see that kind of model go into um, tickets uh, for sports uh, teams in general. Uh, become a common occurrence in the near in the in the, in the very new future because as we continue to switch from uh, one-time purchasing of items uh, to subscription services like how we've switched from buying separate albums for music and now we stream anything you want uh, same for uh, video and now we're starting to get into to where you can go to your home your home sports team and see them. Uh, as much as you want uh, for a set price per month. And it's honestly, um, for what you get, it's not that bad of a deal. So if you're an Arizona Coyotes fan and you're, you know, wanting to see the Coyotes, but maybe tickets aren't, you know, so uh, hot, but you want, you would like to, and you have the opportunity to see them and could make that $59 you know, really, you know, be worth it. Go ahead and take that opportunity. It, it looks like a very good deal. So please take it up on it. Uh, take them up on it. Because if I was in that area, bet bet your ass I would take that uh, that deal in, a, in, a, in an absolute heartbeat. Um, but yeah. And uh, while we're on the Pacific Division front, uh, this is where the uh, the little expic, explict... Um, and this is when we really start taking the explicit uh, tag of this cha- of this uh, podcast into um, like really earn that uh, explicit badge here because I've got some real heated words to say about this uh, following story here. So mind you, right now. First off, mind you, I've been fairly vocal about how weak the Pacific Division has been. I've been we I have been vocal about how weak the Pacific Division is going to be 
how weak the Pacific Division is going to be before this damn season even started. Before tonight's games started, okay, Vegas was first in the wild card spot, followed by, I believe, Edmonton was in the second wild card spot, but then they leapfrogged into second place in the Pacific. Arizona Coyotes are first in the Pacific uh, with 57 points. Uh, Edmonton and Calgary are technically basically tied uh, in, when it comes to points, but because they have the same amount of wins, losses, and overtime losses, how and both have the same amount of games played. However, um, Edmonton has two more regulation wins. No, they have three more regulation wins and two regulation plus overtime wins over Calgary, which is why they are currently second in the Pacific versus the third, or just dead on tie. Uh, Vancouver has dropped from third, I believe it was third in the Pacific uh, last step, since last episode, um, and Winnipeg has taken the second spot in the wildcard spot, and, Van- and uh, Vegas has fallen out of the wildcard spot. But they are still tied... Uh, it's it's mainly because Vancouver and Winnipeg have two games in hand on Vegas. Uh, they have the same amount of points as Vancouver and Winnipeg, but they're currently sitting outside for uh, their. All they need is you know, Vancouver to lose two or Winnipeg to lose two, and they're in a wild card. And they're only three three points away from being tied for first in Pacific. So with what I'm about to say, keep that uh, take that amount of information, whatever kind of information you got out of that, because I might not ma- be making sense right now, and I apologize, but I'm just like super like raged up on some major anger because of the end of the game, uh, the end of this episode's results as well as this. Uh, mainly this though, because that's this makes no sense. Okay, so Golden Knights general manager Kelly McCrimmon announced today on January fifteenth, which is the day that this blessed episode is being recorded. Day that he okay, he decides that he's gonna not only pull a Florida fucking Panthers. Fire Gerard Gallant and Mike Kelly from their coaching duties. And he hires Peter DeBoer to not, not, not interim head, not, not to make him an interim head coach. They make him a fucking head coach, just flat out head coach. Peter DeBoer, the guy that just got fired from the San Jose Sharks not too long ago. Within a two months time, he gets fucking fired from the fucking San Jose Sharks and you're going to hire him as a damn coach. You're going to freaking do the same shit that the freaking Nashville Predators basically did as they hired John Hines as the damn coach of the Dallas, uh, not Dallas Stars, I'm, I'm all over the place. The freaking Nashville Predators after they freaking fired Peter Laviolette after so long. And I know and it's a very heated subject. There's a whole bunch of other people in the same boat as me saying that that's freaking absolute bullshit that that happened. And it absolutely is. Because for a guy that not only 
with excerpt, uh, an excerpt that I got from um, a TSN analyst. I totally forgot to get, grab his name. But in two and a half seasons, Gerard Gallant was a, rec- a record of 118, 75, and 20 with that, f- with that fucking team. That is ninth most in the NHL. And that's also with an a- expansion team. Now, granted, the freaking rules versus previous expansion teams before the Vegas Golden Knights were by far way better in their favor, but still. In their first season, they made the Stanley Cup Final. Something that at that time, not even the St. Louis fucking Blues did one thing. And that's the fact that they actually won at least one game at that point in the the Stanley Cup Final. In their first time, in their first season. Which now, you know, I love talking about the Blues and how they're Stanley Cup champions for 2019. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit in this uh, episode as I become a little bit more even keel and a little bit back to Earth. Uh, but while we're not back to Earth and a little bit more on Mars here, um, excerpt from um, Kelly McCrimmon. In order for our team to reach its full potential, uh, we determined a coaching change was necessary. Our team is capable of more than we have demonstrated this season. Uh, We would like to thank Gerard and Mike for their service to the Vegas Golden Knights. They were both instrumental to the success we have enjoyed in our first two-plus seasons, and we wish them all the best moving forward. And Peter DeBoer, we have proven experienced head coach who we believed has helped us believe can help us achieve our ultimate goal we are excited to welcome peter and his family to the vegas gold knights organization we look forward to a strong finish in the 2019-2020 season with peter at the helm and a successful tenure in the seasons to come DeBoer is expected to join the team on thursday when they versus the ottawa senators so he is currently not at this time made a public um statements or anything like that um and doug mclean um, from uh, Sportsnet, made note. Uh, he has known Jerk a lot since he was ten years uh, ten years old, and he is an excellent coach and a wonderful person. A good man has lost his job today. Hashtag sickening, and I absolutely agree. Um, and also, I saw a tweet as well because hockey Twitter being hockey Twitter, and hockey Twitter is also a good place, but also a bad place. Uh, but in that case, was a good place. Uh, mentioning that you know for. All the accolades that the uh, that Gerard Gallant has helped the Golden Knights get to, uh, as they're currently, I believe, in like their third season in the NHL right now. Um, yeah, it's the third season in the NHL right now. Um, first off, he's done so much for this fran- uh, for this franchise. He should have had a way longer leash than he did. And as I explained in the last episode of this damn podcast, all he had, all they had to do, were, because I know they have cap, they might have cap issues. I can actually look that up as I'm uh, talking about this subject. Um, but he should have had a longer leash, for sure. 
Uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Let's look at them. So the Vegas Golden Knights projected cap hit is $81.2 million. Uh, they're using 174,000 of that in LTIR, so they're currently uh, they're currently about roughly 400k uh, with cap space. Um, and who do they have in LTIR? Who do they have in LTIR right now? I don't I don't see where they're getting that information, but um, at least according to Cap Friendly, because that's where I get that information from. But um. Gerard Gallant should have gotten treated a lot better than that. He should have been able to, you know, finish out the season at the very least. And it's the third damn season of this team's, you know, existence. Because when the team even first came out, the owner, Bill Foley, has basically said, hey, our goal is to win the Stanley Cup within the first six years of his franchise. They make the Stanley Cup final and lose to Washington in five games in their first season. He had five other years to play with, and they're about halfway there. All they needed was more defense and maybe a better goal, backup goaltender, and they were fine. They were fine. Maybe you get an offensive defenseman to make me maybe get the best of both worlds, a guy that can score but also defend as well. That's all they really needed to do. But instead, I they they cop out. They do the, the typical cop out of an NHL team. They fire the coach first, and then they be like, oh, well, if the team doesn't correct itself after that, then we'll start freaking start trading players away. But instead, no, they freaking fire the wrong guy. They fire the wrong guy, and it's absolutely pitiful. And I hope Gerard Gallant gets a job very soon and I hope he makes this team even though they're my second favorite team in all this league I hope that whatever team that he coaches he makes this team rude the day that they fire him I hope that they make Kelly McCrimmon freaking I already forgot the freaking previous freaking general manager's name already Joe uh Joe Freaking George McPhee, George McPhee. I hope they make him, both of them, rude the day of firing him because he wasn't the problem. He wasn't the problem. As we get to 22 minutes of this damn podcast already. God damn, I'm not even all the way through this fucking episode. Oh my god. But yeah, um. Safe to say, I, I'm I'm very passionate about the subject, and and it's 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 pretty apparent as I, I spend a lot of time on it. But um, but yeah, Gerard Gallant is also the seventh coach to be fired in the past two months, and the seventh coach to be fired in the season in general, with Mike Babcock from the Toronto Maple uh, being fired from the Toronto Maple Leafs, Bill Peters being, I get you could say he's fired technically fired. But he also resigned from Calgary Flames. John Hines being fired from New Jersey Devils, who has since uh, taken over Peter Laviolette and the National Predators. Jim Montgomery being fired from Dallas Stars. Peter DeBlo- uh Peter De- oh God, fuck. Peter DeBoer uh, from the San Jose Sharks uh, being fired, but also got hired by Vegas recently. And Gerard Gallant being the la- uh, recent of the firings. 
Um, and another tweet I also read, basically uh, assuming that a lot of these teams are trying to jumpstart their teams like the Blues did when they fired Mike Yo and uh, moved um, Craig Berube as the interim head coach. Now, first off, note that Berube was an interim coach and not just flat out given the head coaching title. All right, first off. Second of all, Craig Berube was an assistant coach of the Blues at that time, so he got moved from assistant to head coach. That and the fact that Craig Berube, before the Blues switched their AHL affiliates from the San Jose Rampage, uh, from the Wolves, the Chicago Wolves, which is currently the affiliate for the Vegas Golden Knights, to the San Antonio Rampage, that uh, in the Chicago Wolves system, uh, Craig Bruby was actually the head coach and actually re- led uh, the um, the Wolves to the Calder Cup, which I believe is when they also lost to the Grand Grand Rapids Rif- uh, Griffins. I'm pretty I'm pretty certain, uh, and if that's if that's not the case, please correct me on that. Uh, but I know he he did uh, with the Wolves make a Calder Cup run. Um, where he had Jordan Bennington in the system, uh, even though he also had his time in Pro- the Providence Bruins, um, Vince Dunn, uh, a lot of their, their younger guys, Ivan Barbashev, before he got his call up as well uh, in the system uh, under Craig Berube. Um, and he just has that, that you know, that, gum- that gumption. He's got that, uh, that thing that coaches need to get them like squeeze every last amount of um potential out of players and that's also why with uh a St. Louis Blues team without Sammy Blay without Oscar Sunquist at some time uh some points of the season uh without uh, Alex Steen for a good point in the season and without Vladimir Tarasenko and they've still managed to not have a cup or hangover and they've just been dominating, absolutely dominating um, the competition and if you hear the slap of me hitting the, my desk I apologize um, but yeah seven coaches have been fired and of those seven Two are currently coaching teams that had coaches fired. And I'll end it on this note. If they were going to fire Gerard Gallant anyway, they should, if they were going to fire, if they were going to hire any coach that was just fired, not that was not named Jim Montgomery because he was going to be my number one pick, but because he's kind of has some issues that he's trying to work out right now. Uh, with uh, rehab and involving alcohol and all that. Um, his first name is Peter, but his last name is not DeBoer because I would tell you right now, if Gerard Gallant was not going to be our coach for the Vegas Golden Knights, if you're going to pick any of these other six guys that was fired, that's not Jim Montgomery, um, to be the coach of the National, uh, not the National Predators, of the Vegas Golden Knights, I would have picked Peter Laviolette. Because first off, Peter Laviolette actually has won a cup. Peter Laviolette led the Nashville Predators in 2017 to their very first uh, Stanley Cup final. 
and actually won two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, granted, uh, Pecorine kind of choked in Pittsburgh, which is also probably the reason why that they weren't, you know, champions. Because if he didn't choke in Pittsburgh, maybe they actually might have actually won the cup. But Peter Laviolette would have been the better choice. But I digress. I'm still going to love the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights are still going to be my number two. I'm still going to vote for them any uh, versus any other team, with the exception of the St. Louis Blues. Um, but to round uh, to wrap that portion up, um, but yeah, uh, Peter Laviolette should have been the the coach, if not Gerard Gallant. Just just saying. In other news, um, where are we? Um, back on the St. Louis Blues front, uh, St. Louis Blues have informed uh, for Jordan Cairo, even though he hasn't been in the, in the uh, lineup for a couple of days, uh, mainly because he has, for two straight games, uh, caused offside calls uh, to call back goals, uh, that he was going to be sticking with the big club. And he can find more uh, permanent residents um, as he's been living out of a hotel for a uh, recent bit. So uh, congrats to uh, Jordan Cairo for um, basically making the team. Um, and as the, um, as the deadline uh, creeps in the end of, I believe it's the 24th of February, um... The Blues will look to see if they're going to try to move anybody or not, uh, which will, I'll make a video, well, not a video, but we'll uh, incorporate that in a podcast about uh, who I would suspect to be sellers and buyers. And uh, by that time, hopefully uh, other like big outlets like NBC and all that uh, will have their lists. And then I can kind of compare that and de- um, and kind of like, tear that apart and kind of be like oh well this is where I disagree and stuff like that um, but yeah and what St. Louis Blues talks about uh, comes uh, all-star game talk here um, all of the uh, events for the all-star game skills competition for January 24th has been announced so they uh, so the winner of each of the five individual events um, will earn thirty thousand um, dollars. That being all the individual events being uh, fastest skater, safe streak, accuracy shooting, hardest shot, and the shooting stars. Um, so first off, breaking down the fastest skater, eight players will compete. Uh, each skater will be timed for one full lap around the rink. Uh, the skater will choose what direction of their lap can be positioned, so it doesn't have to be um, all in the same. Although, if they're kind of measuring that, they should choose which direction they go, but, you know, it's whatever. Uh, the skater must uh, start when the whistle goes, and, uh, yeah, and... If you win, you win 30000 Congratulations. Uh, save streak. Uh, minimum of four goalies. And all of the th- uh, 36 skaters uh, going to the All-Star Game will participate in this. Uh, a shootout group by division where goalies compete to make the most consecutive saves. E- each goalie will face one opposing a division and a minimum of nine scoring attempts. 
attempts. Each scoring attempt, uh, attempt is officiated in accordance with NHL shootout rules and begins when the referees whistle. And hopefully Brad Marchand, even though I don't think he's even in this game, doesn't miss the, the, the puck this time. <laughs> if he was in this game, I'm pretty sure he's not. But if he was, it'd be kind of funny if he, if he did that in this game too. Um, but yeah, it's basically just making sure uh, which goaltender can save the most. Uh, accuracy, accuracy shooting, um, basically know what that is. They basically have like four or five pucks, at, uh, four or five targets they have to go for. They have to get all those in the fastest time, uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we're going to go through all of the, uh, individual version, uh, games, um, competitions first before we get into the, uh, the new thing that they added. Uh, even though I went over that in the last episode, but if you already know that, just hold hold on to your seats here real quick. Um, hardest shot, basically measuring who has the high uh, the harder shot versus everyone else, and shooting stars. Um, ten players, uh, eight all stars, and one Amer- uh, American elite woman, uh, or one American. All uh, women all-star team member and one Canadian all-star team member uh, for the women's team. Uh, women uh, will compete in the shooting stars. So uh, will be the players in the American Canadian elite women all-star teams will be selected by social media vote. Uh, players will be positioned on an elevated platform behind a goal approximately 30 feet above the ice surface. Where they will shoot pucks at ver- uh, a variety of targets located on the ice, with each target possessing different point values at one uh, one at a time. Each player will attempt seven shots at, and earn points for each target. Pucks that do not hit a target will not earn no points. Pucks that bounce, deflect, or otherwise ricochet onto or into a target will count for the highest scoring value that they hit. A puck that hits the face of a target and then falls into the center will be scored as if it went directly into the center. A puck that hits the center and bounces out will be scored the point value of the center. A puck that bounces off the ice and then up into the target will be awarded the corresponding value. Basically, if your puck hits the target, you get the points is uh, what I'm getting from that. Um... And all these festivities for the all uh for the skills competition start at seven p.m. Central, eight uh eight Eastern, six Mountain Time, five Pacific. Um, and also breaking down here your new um event for the skills competition. Um, you have elite women's three on three, uh, which I believe I mentioned either last episode or the episode before that, uh, two teams comprising of American all-stars and Canadian all-stars, which none of these include any player that plays for the national women's hockey league or the NWHL. And that is mainly because the NHL does not want to, uh, compete, uh, basically compete um with anyone on that t- on that in that league even though that's basically competing with the league if you're not going to have anyone from that league on here but I digress um and all these uh women are a part of um 
the respective countries or have at least played for the respective countries uh, Olympic teams. Uh, the three-on-three game will consist of two 10-minute periods with a running clock. Teams will switch ends at the first period. All penalties will be served with a penalty shot being awarded to the players specifically fouled. Uh, so for the uh, Americans, uh, they have forward Alex Carpenter, uh, forward Kendall Coyne-Schofield, uh, forward Bri- or Brianna Decker, forward Amanda Kessel, forward Hillary Knight, forward Jocelyn Lamaru-Davidson, uh, forward Annie Pankowski, defenseman Casey Balemi, defenseman Lee Stecklein, and goaltender Alex Calveni. Uh, and if I pronounced your last name I, uh, wrong, I apologize, as I have a hard, uh, at least for most people, uh, a hard last name to pronounce. And I uh, I hate when people pronounce my last name wrong, even though it's not that hard to pronounce because you got to just, you know, break up in syllables. Um, for the Canadians, um, forward Megan Augusta, forward um, Melody Doust, Doust? I'm going to go with Dallas. Uh, forward, uh, Rebecca Johnston. Re- uh, forward, Sarah Nurse. I believe he, uh, she's the sister of uh, Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, forward, uh, Marie Philip Pouline. Uh, forward, Natalie Spooner. Forward, uh, Blair Turnbull. Defenseman, uh, Renata Fast. Defenseman, Laura Fortino. And goaltender, Anne Renee Desbeans. Uh, will be your uh, women contend uh, participants for the three on three for um, the women, uh, and it's good to see that they're promoting uh, the women's hockey um, players because um, they really they really need the platform, and I really hope that. Uh, I'm not necessarily hoping that the NWHL folds, but at the very least, I hope that the NHL can help uh, with their uh, expertise with running a league as well, at the very least, uh, with all of their assets that they have and all of their um, uh, resources. That's that's the word I was really looking for, was resources. Um, They can really make... Women's ho- uh, they could really make women's hockey into a uh, profitable and sustainable uh, entity, unlike certain leagues, cough cough, WNBA cough cough. Um, but yeah, I I would really like to see women's hockey thrive as it uh, as women's hockey is, I believe, um, is the fastest growing women uh, women's sport in America right now. Uh, which is good to see. Which is good to, to good to hear because it really, I mean, just the growth of hockey in general uh, is great all around. But also, uh, women's hockey getting the uh, the attention that it deserves is uh, very well. Uh, it's very, very, it's very good, very good. Um. And I know already we're 39 minutes in because I went on that rant about the firing of Gerard Gallant, even though it was very well warranted. Um, Also talking about women here. Uh, NHL Seattle. uh, So the Seattle team's pro scout, uh, even though they haven't named a name for that 
team yet. Uh, Cami Granado will be coaching the American All-Stars during that uh, elite women's three-on-three. So congratulations to her. Uh, Some roster updates for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Carter Hart will be missing two, three weeks due to a uh, right lower abdominal strain. Uh, Alex Lyon has been recalled under emergency emergency conditions from the uh, Lehigh Valley uh, Phantoms. Uh, Joel Farabee has been loaned to the Phantoms. And funny thing that I'm seeing here is that apparently Chris Stewart uh, was placed on waivers even though he was in the lineup and played against the Blues tonight. But, you know, whatever. Um, But, yeah. And without further ado, we can finally... (laughs) Finally, if you're not already tired about this episode already, if you listen the entire way, uh, get into the St. Louis Blues and the Philadelphia Flyers. Alrighty, so Philadelphia Flyers visiting the St. Louis Blues to round out the Blues' five-game homestand here. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers are 24, 16, and 6. Coming to this game, Blues are 30, 10, and 7. Uh, with the win tonight, the Blues will not only beat a franchise record uh, of nine consecutive home game wins, but also for the first time sweeping a five game homestand. Um, and the Blues' overall home record this season is 17, 4, and 3. So, first period right before the puck even dropped. In episode three of this podcast, the name of the damn episode is called Hockey Superstition is Real. And I named it that because that was when the Blues versus the Sharks and then Darren Pang on live television saying, hey, Jordan Bennington, blah, 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 shout out, blah, 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 blah. You don't say shout out during a damn game before or during. You don't say that word. I am very superstitious when it comes to the sport of hockey, or at least sports in general. Any Anything else in my life, not necessarily too superstitious, but I am a little superstitious. But um, when it comes to sports, I'm super superstitious. And if you're going to say the word shot out before or during a game, you don't do that. Because that's just when shit, you know, hits the fan. And shit did hit the fan, but we'll get into that in a minute. And also, seven minutes after he said it the first time, he said it again. So, uh, yay, yeah, we can blame on blame that on Doc here. Um, the Blues are getting good shots early on on uh, Brian Elliott. As uh, earlier I mentioned, that Carter Hot, or Carter Hot, is what uh, Rear Admiral from uh, Spitting Chicklets calls him. Because uh, he's got that Boston accent. Um, uh, Brian Elliott's in the net because uh, Carter Hart is out with that uh, that abdominal injury. Uh, the Flyers are also getting some good looks as well. And um, uh, Felipe Myers and uh, Mackenzie McEachern were getting into it a little bit, but they uh, they broke it off. Uh, and then uh, Nico Mikola uh, gets a good chance uh, on goal, but uh, the screen wasn't effective enough to get a goal, but because uh, Elliot saw it at the last minute and caught it with his glove. 
and the Blues were needing to get into the paint, and the uh, and Sam goes to the Flyers if they're trying to get any goals early on in this game for sure. Um, and maybe one day they'll uh, just go to the paint right out of the get go. But and until then, I was have to keep saying it. And then Matt Niskanen absolutely brutalizes Alex Dean into the boards, like really just like picks him up and just throws him down on off of the boards. My goodness gracious. And speaking of uh, Matt Niskanen, he uh, holds Jaden Schwartz at 13.09 to send the Blues on their first power play of the game. And uh, Justin Falk scores on the power play at 14.24 with Alex Steen and Robert Thomas getting the assist to make it 1-0 Blues. And then Michael Raffle trips uh, Jaden Schwartz at 15.59, but they don't score on that power play opportunity. Shots 14-8 in favor of the St. Louis Blues. Second period, Sean Couturier uh, damn near gets a goal, but hits the corner of the post. Uh, and nearly gave me a heart attack, to say the least, because it uh, was like on that inside part, and I really thought that it crossed the goal line, but luckily it didn't. Uh, and then uh, Braden Shen, uh, quote-unquote, interferes with uh, Brian Elliott in ten oh six, even though he uh, virtually got tripped up because he couldn't really go anywhere because a, uh, a Flyers player was in the way uh, in the path that he was going for, and he couldn't really get over uh, the pad of Elliott, so uh, circumstances. Uh, but luckily, the uh, luckily the Flyers didn't uh, score on that opportunity. Uh, the Flyers had two chances at a virtually open net, but they missed both. Uh, but uh, shortly after I wrote that on my notes, uh, Tyler Pitlick uh, ties the game 1-1 at 12:43 with Scott Lawton getting the lone assist on that one. Uh, not on Jordan Bennington on that one because he was not going to stop that at all. And during that sequence, Ivan Barbashev and Travis Sanheim take matching roughing minors at 12.43 as well. Uh, Michael Raffle uh, nets the rebound attempt to give the uh, Flyers a 2-1 lead with Robert Haig and uh, Sean Couturier getting the assist on that. Uh, the Blues needed to break up that rebound attempt to stop that goal from going in. It could have been a tied game still after that, but, you know, it is what it is. And then right after the buzzer, Perron absolutely rocks uh, Travis Konechny with a cross check, and he subsequently gets a penalty um, at the 20-minute mark of that second period for cross-checking uh, Travis Konechny. Uh, shots 9-8 in favor of the Philadelphia Flyers. Third period, Travis Konechny... Uh, tra- uh, fa- Travis Konechny uh, gets his revenge as he nets uh, the power play goal at 26 seconds. 26 seconds in the f- fucking third period, guys. Uh, with tra- uh, James Van Riemsdyk and Claude Giroux getting the assist to make it 3-1 Flyers. And then uh, Michael Raffle holds Jaden Schwartz at 103. And then subsequently Kevin Hayes hooks Braden Shen at 122 to give the Blues a 5-on-3 opportunity. They kill off both of those penalties. Uh, Nicholas Aubie Kubel slashes Nico Mikola at 7-0-1. And Ryan O'Reilly brings, not on the power play, but they bring the Blues within one. And uh, as uh, Braden Shen and David Perron get the assists, uh, as the goal is scored at 10:35, and then Alex Steen at 13:39 ties it up at 13:39 with uh, a nice backhand uh, with Robert Thomas and Jaden Schwartz getting the assists on that, and uh, it's the fourth goal in four games that J- uh, Alex Steen has scored, and uh, after scoring his first two, he has been absolutely consistent, and it's good to see. 
And then uh, with that uh, goal from Steen, the Blues end up scoring two goals in three minutes, four seconds. Not a big deal. And the uh, Philadelphia Flyers pull a uh, St. Louis Blues and get a too-many-men penalty at 15:36, with uh, Travis Konechny serving that in the box. Ending your third period and going to overtime. Shots 11-7 in favor of the St. Louis Blues. Overtime, Travis Sandheim gets a breakaway, but gets denied. San, uh, Travis Sandheim gets a second chance, but also gets denied. But the third time is the charm, but it's not for Travis Sandheim. It's J- uh, Jacob uh, Vorchek getting the game winner at 3:33 with Ivan, uh, Ivan Provorov and Sean Couturier getting the assists to make it 4-3 Flyers in overtime. Shots 1-0 in favor of the Philadelphia Flyers. Total shots 33-25 in favor of the St. Louis Blues. Flyers power play went 1-for-2, PK 5-for-6. The Blues had six power plays, and they only scored one, uh, 1-for-6, which was that uh, Justin Falk power play goal. And uh, penalty kill 1-for-2, final of... Today's game for three overtime win in favor of the Philadelphia Flyers. Three stars. The third star going to Michael Raffle of the Philadelphia Flyers. The second star goes to Alex Steen of the St. Louis Blues. And the first star going to Jacob Vorchek of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, the Blues end their homestand by tying their franchise record of nine consecutive home game wins. Uh, their point streak continues. Um but, you know, the wins uh, record is stuck at nine for consecutive game wins. But, hey, I uh, have other times to try to, to um, break records like that. But in the end, adversity will help this team win the cup. Once again, as I consistently said uh, this season, adversity is what's going to help this team uh, keep uh, away from what Tampa Bay did. Uh, with their massive underachievement in the first round last year. Adversity is what's going to help this team win the cup again. And the Blues will learn from this because Craig Ruby uh, has his method to get these guys to learn from their mistakes and they move on. It's fine. They don't dwell on anything. They just get up and move on. That's all they do. And it's, it's great. And it's done them well so far. And it will continue to do well for them later. Uh, and it was a good win for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, didn't have to go to a shootout, and they didn't have to take uh, a Blues player missing the puck um, in the shootout like Brad Marchand did in their previous game. Um, and it was a good win for the, uh, the Flyers as they look to gain ground in the Metro standings as they, even though they stay uh, second in the wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference as they started the game in the same spot. But... Um, They've still got plenty of games to play to get higher in the standings. Um, and once again, hockey, su- uh, hockey superstition, uh, hockey, I, I can't pronounce that damn words. Hockey superstition is real. It's real. It's damn real. Quoted by one Kurt Angle, uh, for those that watch WWE. Um, yeah, it's damn real for sure. So if there's a lesson to be made, uh, a lesson to be taught here. Whenever there's a hockey game on, when they're doing their announcements before the game even starts, and when the game starts, the word "shutout" shouldn't come out of your damn mouth. 
I don't care if you're a freaking announcer or whatever. I don't care if you're trying to give props about a freaking goaltender, which honestly, Doc Emmerich was giving props to Jordan Bennington for his shutouts that he's gotten, especially against the Philadelphia Flyers in his first ever start in the NHL. But it could have been like, yeah, he didn't let anything in. You could have really pussyfooted around that. You, you didn't have to say the word shutout. Hockey superstition is real. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But yeah, to end this uh, episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast, as one once again remind everyone to, uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and or Anchor, uh, which are the podcasting um, platforms that you can find this wonderful podcast on, uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Um, if you're on one of those um, platforms, and if you're listening to this on YouTube, this will be the last episode uh, only in the audio form only uh, version that I'll be posting until we uh, start get doing the video form, which will be coming soon. Uh, but after this episode, I'm going to stop uh, uploading the audio only versions of the uh the podcast and only uh, exclusively to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and or Anchor, um, which will be the um, platforms uh, for the remainder of the existence of Bleed Hockey Podcast because I'm not going on any other platforms um, unless like something really, really popular comes on and then I might try to get them on that platform as well. But um I'm not going on on SoundCloud either because there's a limit on how many you can how many uh, minutes of audio you can upload for free. Uh, so uh, and I tried SoundCloud, so I've taken it off on that, but I'm not coming back on there. Uh, so those are the uh, the platforms you can find it on. And uh, if you haven't checked out the Easy Hockey Reviews YouTube channel, go ahead and check that out as well. I know I haven't really posted any quote unquote videos in a long while, but um, come February, there'll be plenty of videos to come. So, uh, look out for those and, uh, like, and like, share, subscribe over there. If you, uh, haven't, if you, you know, haven't checked it out already and check it out. And, uh, once again, this is the bleed hockey podcast episode eight, the Ocho and, uh, have a good night and, uh, let's go blues.